Welcome to SelfDiscoveryWisdom.com, formerly known as SelfDiscovery Media. On these podcasts, you're going to hear people who speak from the heart. They've taken the journey in life. Many things have happened to them, but they've changed it to happening for them. And in their strength, their courage, they've discovered their abilities and their wisdom, and they are now sharing it here with you. Do enjoy each show. We bring it to you with love and knowing that it's going to help you on your journey of life. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Raising Our Gifted Children right here on selfdiscoverywisdom.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, my wonderful guest today, and also an author in our Forgotten Children book series, is Christina Kader. Now, we have a really wonderful talk here today, plus, you know, we're going to be doing a show on her chapter as well. But, you know, she helps um, parents take care of themselves by providing solutions that they can do while they are parenting. And she says it's parents kind of shedding their mind BS. Well, what does she mean by that? Very often we get caught up in the chatter, chatter, chatter that's going on, the expectations of being a parent, the overwhelmness of the 24-7. And if you have a child with special needs, or if you have a child that's just anxiety over life, which I don't blame them with everything that's going on in life. There's a lot of anxiety going around, including the anxiety that we give them. They just don't know how to manage it. So she says, I started this journey with a passion for teaching other parents, teachers and caregivers the behavioral approach that saved her own son's life. But over the years, things started to shift inside of her. And I started to realize that I was not okay. I realized that the parents that I was serving were not okay either. They were all expected to hold it together, guide our families through the situations, bottle up their own feelings in order to make it through. We searched for and implemented solutions that are a freaking hero, but inside us, we're feeling like a total failure. Now she helps dedicated parents take care of themselves by finding those solutions. And uh, when... Uh, we become parents, we increase the joy in our own lives as we do the overwhelming parenting lives um, that leaves no room for joy normally. She helps bring uh, joy and fulfillment back into their lives so we can enjoy life now and be a role model for our children. Because after all, if children don't see joy and they don't participate in joy, they're never going to understand what joy is and they're not going to look for a joyful life. So we are the template that they follow. And if we are, you know, everything is fine, Stepford wives, and but underneath it, we're <laughs> like this. The kids are going to feel the inside, not the verbiage that's on the outside. So welcome to the show, Han. Thank you. So I love this, you know, mind BS. <laughs> it's there isn't it it's there you know what should I do what do the people think what do I do next and it's really hard to switch off yep so how do we oh excellent Uh, so I call it mind bs because it's actually a double entendre Mm -hmm. so as I was going through this journey I was realizing all of those things like you were talking about where it's really hard to switch off and It all comes down to what I figured it out over multiple years. It all comes down to what I call old programming. Mm -hmm. And so as children, as we grow up, we take in all of the information around us and we turn it into what our mind thinks will keep us the safest. And for our social beings, that means included, belonging, 
um, being able to fit in in our children, middle school, high school environment where these programs are created. And so we turn into parents who have definitions of success that involves keeping all yourself together, that involves looking professional, that involves climbing corporate ladders. Um, and then we try to live up to that. And so the mind BS comes in. This is where your mind chirps at you about your programs, telling you, hey, you're not doing that right. Hey, you're not doing that good enough. Mm. Right. And that comes into the, you know, the the burnout cycle. Yes. And so I discovered that really there are two solutions, two sides to the coin of the one solution. Solution number one is to quiet that little piece inside of us that is chirping at us, telling us we are not worthy, not good enough. Um, and so that is the mind BS side. And we do that through finding, uncovering our old programming, because we don't actually know what those programs are. We don't know that our mind did that. It did that subconsciously. Yes. And then reframing it completely so that we can have a new definition of success and work towards that definition and put our energy towards that definition, which is going to lead us into our best life. But the flip side of the coin mm -hmm is mind body soul also conveniently mind bs and what i have discovered is that we as we get programmed drift away from our true selves and so we need a method to reconnect our mind which is saying be this way this is how you fit in with our body and our soul which is maybe a very different way than what we think we are supposed to be and so I found it to be the most effective that by doing both of those concurrently, connecting our mind, body and soul, while also redefining on a, a, a conscious level, what our success is, has the fastest results for preventing burnout and getting out of burnout if we've already got there. Yes. Amen to everything that you have just said. Uh, you know, I don't know where it happened i mean my daughter when she had her first baby she has two now I and mean, when she had her first baby and you know baby screaming in the arms and she had a difficult birth and you know all of that new motherhood and she said mom how did you do it with three and i said i don't know i just did it instinctually we are in the moment and we're dealing with the present problem in front of us and we address it accordingly right and generally we do quite a good job at that when we're in our instincts, right? We're, we're, we're in the now, we're in the moment. We're kind of channeling that wisdom that's coming through. It's that soul wisdom. But then something, somebody said, well, I don't do it that way, right? You should do it this way. Oh, oh no, the Dr. Seuss says you should do it that way. <laughs> and everybody's got an opinion on how you should do it. And it's you second guess. You stop to listen to that soul voice. You stop to listen to those instincts. And then while chaos is going on around you, like, what should I do is if somebody's eyes are upon you? And it's like, yeah, that BS needs to stop because it is within us. Yes, we can read things, hence the reason for our, our Forgotten Children book. Yes, we can educate ourselves on situations and what we could do. But we need to trust the gut. We need to trust the soul and the heart and the spirit because that's the compass of our truth. And if we tune into that, it never leads us astray or even lead us to the book that's going to give us the answer or the person that's going to share that wisdom. But if we've got that outside chatter all the time, it's like kind of pulling a screen down in front of the answer and we just 
go to black, we can't see anything. Then the anxiety starts. And what happens when you're in anxiety? No solutions are found at all. <laughs> yeah, you have absolutely nailed the exact problem. And we start deviating from ourselves mm. when we start stopping trusting yes that inner voice and we are taught our entire life not to trust that inter inner voice you don't feel that way suck it up do yes. this anyway yes you know follow what you're supposed to do this is what you're supposed to do right now even if your body is telling you oh no i am not doing that you do it anyway because this is what we're, everybody's doing yes follow the yes. crowd don't have feelings don't nah. stay <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Yes, that is exactly right. And so we stop trusting that inner yes. voice because our mind BS is going to tell us that is wrong. That's not how we stay safe. That's not how we stay as part of the group. We cannot do those things. And so we start taking actions from a very young age mm -hmm. that go against our inner knowing. I know. And that just becomes our new normal. That becomes how we live and we start feeling this disconnect. And exactly like you said, that turns into anxiety. Mm -hmm. And anxiety is different parts of your being fighting to be heard. Yeah. That's a piece of knowing inside mm -hmm. of you saying, you know, even, you know, um, like, I want to handle this tantrum this way. This is what feels good to me. I want right. to, you know, hold the kid or whatever it is that feels good to you. But I know I'm going to be judged for that. All the eyes well, are on me. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And that different way doesn't feel right, but it's how everyone else is doing it. So it must be right. So I must be wrong. And then we continue into this place of anxiety. And what happens is that sucks our energy dry. Yes. We spend so much of our energy just in that internal conflict before we even do a task in the day, right? We think it's the tasks that suck our energy, but it's not. It's no. that internal conflict. Exactly, exactly. And you know, this, uh, um, I've always been about with my children, look, this, this is your boundary. I understand that if you're going to push beyond that boundary, there will always be consequences. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, are you willing to pay those consequences? Are you willing to listen to your gut and trust that when it says no, don't do it? Don't question why. You don't have to step into ego and go, well, you're a wuss. No simply don't do it, right? That's your compass. But if you push beyond that boundary and you fall, the, that was the consequence. Now you've got to get pick yourself back up and go lesson learn. And that's what we do with our children while they're under our roof. They're going to fall and go over the boundary quite a few times. And we can say, you're an idiot. <laughs> what did you learn, <laughs> right? Help them pick back up. Case in point, my son skipped a day of school I'm on a field trip with my daughter and I have to back it, backtrack this a little bit because my son would call, pretend to be someone else. And one time he called saying that he was a, a police person who had arrested my son for murder. And like, you know, I'm ah, on the other end of the phone, right? <laughs> like, yeah. and then it's mom, it's me. <laughs> like, oh, oh. <laughs> so this is about a week later, I get a phone call from a woman with quite a deep voice saying, your son is in hospital, he's broken his leg. Yeah, right, die. Yeah, right. <laughs> and he goes, no, mom, no, ma'am, your son. And I didn't believe it. I thought it was my son playing the host. And sure enough, he was in hospital. He had skipped a day of school. And uh, he was in a, a little ravine, 
20 foot above was this big hook. And everybody was getting on that hook, swinging back and forth. And when he put his foot on the hook, he said, no, this doesn't feel right. And he took it off and stepped back. And then somebody said, but my girlfriend can do it. Mm -hmm. Ego got yeah. on there. Next thing you know, he is lucky to be alive because he went down 20 foot of embankment, bum overhead. And when he woke up in the ravine, in the water, his leg was snapped in half and behind him. Oh, my goodness. He'd snapped his femur. Right. So he picks his leg up and puts it back in front of him <laughs> because he's in shock. But he didn't listen to those instincts. He allowed other people to step in. And we've got to understand that peer pressure isn't just in teenage years, although it's really, really prevalent then. It starts the moment they go to school where compare, compare, compare goes on. And, you know, we can compare. Oh, I like what you're doing. Now, that's not for me. And that's OK. And rather than, no, you're doing it differently, so it must be wrong and I'm right. Where right. does that come from? It's not from the children. It's not from the children. Why do we have dysfunctional adults in the world? The reason why? Because we programmed our children wrong in the beginning. That's the hence the reason why our Forgotten Children series is there, is to bring about awareness of, of what is wrong so we can put it right. So peer pressure on parents on children, does it ever, ever benefit anyone? Well, that is a question. <laughs> um, peer pressure definitely has its place, I think, in terms of, uh, you know, growth and, and brain development. But if we could go back really quickly to that scenario with your son, where mm -hmm. he is sitting there deciding whether he's going to follow his his knowing or not. Yes. And we as parents, um, we have a choice in how we handle that. Yes. What are we going to reinforce as parents, right? And this is how we, we, we get rid of our own mind BS and then we pass it on to our kids because what's very tempting as a parent to reinforce is, I told you so, the mm -hmm. rule was this, I knew this was dangerous, you shouldn't have done the thing I told you not to do. And that reinforces a program of, mm. oh my goodness, I must follow the rules, everything else is dangerous, Yeah, you know, and that's gonna lead behavior in one direction. Or as a parent, you can handle it in a very different way. You can say, oh, you're telling me that your gut said this, or, or what did your gut tell you to do? Oh, well, my gut said this. Oh, that's interesting. So it's almost like it knew it was smarter yeah. than your mind mm -hmm. in this situation, because it always is. Always. always, <laughs> always. <laughs> right? And so being able to reinforce that internal... Yeah. I find my wisdom from inside instead yes. of I find my wisdom from outside, which is the rules or whatever, that starts to reinforce the behaviors that's going to grow a child into a grown up mm -hmm. who knows how to trust their gut, who make great decisions for their lives, right? Yes. But and we I can't do that as parents until we've gotten through our own mind. Yes. Well, wait, you know, again, I said we're the template. So, you know, there was a great ad a few years ago where you saw a bunch of kids pretending to smoke and drink and mimic their parents. And it was showing, um, you know, they, they were slurring their words because uh, they were copying their parents who were, were drunk. Right. Mm. So it was kind of an anti-drink campaign type thing. Like, remember, our kids are watching type of thing. So if we're going to be always uh, bending to the will of others or needing validation or justification from everyone else because we're feeling insecure within ourselves. We are telling our children it's okay to be insecure and that they need that validation from everyone else to be who they are. And yeah. we know that life is an inside out job. 
right? If, if you're unhappy, if you've had an unhappy childhood, if something has happened to you, how did you find your courage, your strength, your abilities and your meaningful purpose because of it? Because that's the reason why it happened to you in the first place. If we could teach our children, look, stuff happens sometimes and it's not very pleasant, but what do we learn from it? And how do we become stronger because of it? Yes. Because how many children, how many adults do you know that are carrying a trauma around with them that was never healed, never addressed, and never empowered to become something else? Most of them, I would venture to say. Yes. Pretty well everybody we know yes. <laughs> in the world. <laughs> All right. And some yep. degrees are more than others. What happens? The trauma. You know, and I, I call Fox News the pimple that comes into a volcanic eruption because everything they do is so sensationalized, you know, and it, and the, you know, what happens with a trauma that stuff happens and it was very unpleasant and yes, it was not very nice in life. But the fact that you've kept nurturing the trauma and not resolving, not healing, not growing from it, that trauma has grown and grown and grown and grown and taken over your life. And if you could detach yourself from it and really look at it and go, yeah, it wasn't very pleasant, but why did I allow it to be so big and to dictate right. my life? We don't want that for our children. We want to teach them when something happens to them. Yes, it wasn't very pleasant, but let's roll up our sleeves and let's, what are we going to do about it? That's right. Yes. And that's exactly the, the, the two sides of the coin, the mind BS, mind, body, soul, right. Is working through that trauma because we all have trauma, whether it was big or small, mm -hmm. and it creates programs. And mm -hmm. the big traumas create bigger programs that deviate us even further from our true selves. Bigger beliefs that says this true self is not worthy, not good enough, whatever, because, you know, obviously the people who loved us the most didn't treat us very well or whatever it is that created that, right? So I must stay small, unnoticed, unobtrusive. Yeah. And you end up with people in an adult life that have to work that much harder to get back to their true yeah. selves because their mind BS is telling them that person is not good to ne never be that person. It's not safe no. to be that person. No. And they will never yeah. be good enough. Right. And, and then that's what society tells them. Yeah. Society, if you're living by society standards, it based on how many likes you have, how many followers you have, you know, mm -hmm. do people approve of the way you look, the way you dress, your job, how much money you're making. All of that is going to lead you into empty land. You'll be forever oh, yeah. chasing approval and you will never, ever be content with anything because you're not content with self. If we could oh, teach so our children right from the word go that you are enough, but there's room for growth. There's room for exploration. There's room for discovery. That's why it's called self-discovery wisdom. We all have wisdom inside of it. How do we discover it? And it doesn't matter how old we are. It's always about that discovery of what more can we be? What more can we do? What more are we? And it's not because we feel less or lack. It's just we know there's, there's so much more abundance in us that wants to come out. Now, if we could show our children that, right? If we could oh, show our children that. that enthusiasm, that wonderment, that zest for life, then our children will know that it's okay for them to be themselves, to explore, to make mistakes, to trip and fall, but know how to get back up again, to, to try something and it didn't work and not feel, oh, I failed. No, you learned. What did you learn from there that you can take somewhere else? And what you did learn is that isn't for you and that's okay. 
Yeah, that is so empowering. I love that that phrase that you just said with the, the abundance inside of us, right? And how to use that to learn and grow and become the best version of ourselves and the definition of the best version of ourselves. That's a healthy definition and yes. not somebody else's definition. Exactly. Because part of our programming is, you know, we are programmed like I want happiness. I want joy. Yay. You know, like this is great. And we think that this is, this is a, a wonderful thing that we're programmed for, but how do we get it? Oh, we have to and have more. We have to have more. We have to have more. No, you yes. Don't. <laughs> Everything outside of us. I have yes. to have the job, the house, yes. the yes. the car, the the things, the the children who behave beautifully yes. properly because that reflects well on me Except as a parent. Right? Yes. <laughs> yes. I have to have my house clean. Yes. I have to achieve a certain thing. And we think that happiness is around the corner of achievement. Right. Right. Whatever yes. that achievement is, whether it's you know, approval. getting that promotion. It's a, we're looking for approval all the time. Approval. Sure. Right? Yes. Approval Why do I need somebody else's approval? If, right. If I know, if I know in my heart, soul and spirit, in my sense of love for life and who I am and all that I do, I know I'm not going to go and harm anyone to do so is only to harm myself. If I know it's enough, why am I looking for approval from everyone else, whether it is or not? Right. Yeah. But how do you know it's enough? How do you move from that place of I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, I'm not getting the likes into a place of confidence in our own being, in our own existence, even if we didn't check anything off of our to-do list today? Everything right? that you're doing in your work is who I used to be. You know, I was a mom that was definitely in turmoil. Um uh, my ex-husband is Chinese, so there was the Chinese culture, which was a certain expectation of what you should be, doctor, lawyer, this, that, etc. which only one doctor in their family. The rest were all entrepreneurs, you know, something like that. Um, but it was it was always, um, and I didn't, I brought my children up, and my mother said, you've brought your children up the way you wanted to be brought up. Mm -hmm. uh, not the way you were brought up, because we were sent to boarding school very early and it was very in British, you know, off to boarding school and kind of very distant in, in many ways. Uh, and was a sickly child, so spent a, a great deal of time alone at home in bed. So I've just written my memoir. My brother did the editing. And he said, you talk about loneliness a lot. And I said, yes, because especially being a spiritual person, it was not something you talked about. You know, you literally were afraid of the white coats. So you went through life like that and always feeling, because I'm not doing it the way everybody else is doing it, I must be doing it wrong. But my gut is telling me to do this and my gut is screaming louder, but you're living in conflict all the time, right? And then your children do grow up. They do become adults. They do go make choices of their own. And you go, but what if I'd done this differently? Would they have made that choice? And we mm -hmm. take the ownership of their adult choices on us as a parent and think that we failed them because they made a choice that wasn't so bright, wasn't so smart. Where do we draw the line? And we go, I gave it all I could give it with the best intentions. And then hopefully they'll do better with their own kids. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's a key thing is, Almost every parent I know did do everything they could with the yeah. best of intentions. Exactly. 
right? That is how we are parenting. We are doing our absolute best. With what we know at the time. What we know at the time. Absolutely. But like you said, the kids are watching and, and we can't do better unless we figure out a new way for ourselves. And my friend's daughter said to her, mom, I never want to have kids. And she's like, oh, okay. Like nobody's pushing that on anybody. Like, well, why not? And she's like, well, because if I'm the mom, I have to do everything. I don't ever get to sit down. I don't ever get to do anything I want to do. And I don't want to be like that. Right. And and that's like, that was a big, like we were sitting there because she was over at my house at the time. And we were like, that is an aha for us. Because Uh (laughs) we think we're like, we're being the best moms. We're doing all the things. We're cooking all the food. We're nurturing all the kids. And, and we're thinking that, you know, we are, are, modeling this you know wonderful nurturing environment but they're seeing it from a slightly different lens yes and so what if we could flip that and model balance you know how would that change let's pause there for a moment balance folks what does balance really mean it means that you're not titty tartering all or nothing you can have abundance in flow balance like a teacher tartar it's not about the highs and the lows it's about equilibrium the flow that's what balance is yeah you know balance is a hot topic and semi-dirty word in many of the circles that I (laughs) I'm in and so and it's often talked about as a teacher tartar there's two things there's two things that you need to balance and that is I think the big root of the problem there's not two things there's a million things yes And so when you think about balancing a million things, what is there in the center? A fulcrum. Who is that fulcrum? You, my dear, that is you in the middle. Yeah. And so if the fulcrum fulcrum crumbles, everything's on the ground. Absolutely. Nothing is in the air. Teacher talk snapped in half. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And so you have to be that center of the balance. And so achieving balance to me, in my definition, actually means it's like those, um, champagne flute towers yeah where yeah. you pour the champagne in the top flute and then it starts flowing down into the other flutes below it you have to be that top flute you cannot be the one on the bottom which right. we all do we put ourselves yeah. at the very bottom of our yeah. to-do list filling up the ones that the top our priorities there we have to be the one being full and oh the resistance that i get from that definition oh. of balance from my parents is i don't have time to fill my own yeah. cup i don't even know what that means and mm. You know, how can I possibly put myself first if I'm also having all of these responsibilities yeah. over here? And, and so that, that is the question that stimulates me the most because let's figure that out. Let's figure out how we can do that while maintaining all of our responsibilities. Oxygenate yourself first. How can you help anyone else if you're gasping for breath? Right? right. It's the same thing. When you're burnt out, I got burnt out. I got sick. Because I got burnt out. I was in an unhappy marriage thinking it was just me. And then my kids come to me and say, it's time for a divorce. And I'm like, what? No, no, time for a divorce. Oh, and my I, goodness. And it's like, what, you know, got to wait until she's finished school. No, forget it. We're fine. It's time for him to go. <laughs> and I thought it was just me sacrificing. It was just me in pain. And they said, we're tired of seeing you in pain. We're tired of seeing you hurting and being left out and going through this abuse. We're tired of that. It's time for the divorce. 
But as a parent, I thought I was shielding them. I thought that, you know, it was just me. If it's just me, I can, I can weather this until they all leave home. But didn't realize that my crumbledness, my sickness, stop trying to hide things from your kids. It's futile. They see everything. They may not always understand, but they see everything. And we think we're hiding it from them. We're not. We need to listen to them. We need them to participate. We need to hear what they have to say. And we need to model a different model for them, a different yeah. normal for them. Yes. Right? Because if they can see you, as like, because you, you want to be the strong one. In, in doing your choices, you are trying to be the strong one because your, your programming says, be strong, be there for everybody else. But what if we redefine that? Like everything in yes. our mind BS is about redefining. What does it mean to be the strong one? Yes. You know, maybe that means learning new ways. Maybe that means figuring out how to find joy, how to fill your own cup so that you can show up yes. as your most brightest, beautiful self in all of the different settings that you need to show up in your life. What if that was our definition of strength and success? Yeah. There's also you another know? word, big word delegate Ooh. right if we actually include our kids in the lifestyle you know like my son took over cooking when in his teens okay mm -hmm. mom sorry your food's got boring i'm taking over <laughs> and he owns a restaurant today right you know because food is his passion it's his love language pots and pans to the ceiling but the food was great you know i didn't want to kill the enthusiasm the whole thing is if we delegate and say, we all live under this house right from the word go, we're all responsible for the mess. We're all responsible, not just for your room, but for everything. And that to learn to delegate. Okay, I'd like you to do this, you to do that, and make it feel like it's not a chore, right? It's a part of the community under the roof. Yeah, it's a contribution. Contribution. But we could also delegate things outside of our family as well. Mm -hmm. Because we don't. We, we, we feel that if we ask other people to do things for us, like if you had a housekeeper, right? Somebody who came, well, what do you mean? Are you so lazy you can't do your own house? Ooh, there's a program for you. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Right? So then you feel inadequate, mm -hmm. right? Why am I feeling inadequate? No, I want my time to be spent on things more important than this. So I'm handing this job off to someone else, right? So I have more time. Again, why are we having to justify our choices? Yeah, well, that is a beautiful definition of success. I am choosing joy yes. in this moment. But let me tell you a story. I am also on my second husband. And my second husband is just delightful at doing chores. Um, but I had a hard time with it. Yeah. So we sat down <laughs> like as we were combining raise. our households. Yeah, it's, it's shocking my programming because on the outside, I'm saying, nope, we, we had made an agreement. Whoever cooks, the other one cleans. And that is how we are going to run our house. Yay. On paper, I'm feeling very strong about this. And then he's cleaning and I am hovering. Can I help? Can I do something here? Oh my goodness. I did not know how much my old programming was actually mm. sabotaging mm. my efforts at equality relationships and stuff, because I realize now that there was a part of me that says, if I'm not taking care of my family, 
I don't have a role. I'm not right. important. Yes. You know, yes. there was just, there was something there and it took There's some digging to figure it out. Oh God. Yeah. 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 So it's not as easy. Like no. there's so many things that just do this, you know, yes. just delegate, just take a vacation, yeah. just relax. And something inside of us is preventing us from taking those actions that our conscious mind wants us to take. It's called guilt. But why is that guilt there? Well, because again, those expectations that are imposed upon us by society. And why is that there? And because somewhere along society is dictated that's how we should live. Yes, 100%. And, and the thing is, let's look at the results of that dictation. We have more shootings, more stabbings, more wars, more hate, more people disconnected, more depression, more anxiety, more illnesses yes. than ever in the history of time. Are you yes. telling me that the outside living is working, folks? Because I'm sorry, I beg to disagree. 100%. I disagree with you. <laughs> Sarah and I together on the front lines. Yes. But, and that this, again, is the reason for this book. And, you know, I know we'll talk about your child as well because you have a special needs child. And, yes, the book covers uh, a few people who have either taught special needs children, have special needs children, um, teachers who are talking about the system that has broken down, um, parenting which is you're also covering you know it's it's people that are putting forth the problem but also putting forth what they did to empower themselves in that situation and it's an awareness book uh of being aware what struggles are in the world but also being empowered to know what we can do about it whether we are in that situation or not but there's going to be somebody you know that does and the more you're aware the more you can care and the more you can help and do something about it, even if it's just support. Now, you have a child with special needs. What kind of special needs does your child have? Um, autism and disruptive mood dysregulation disorder. Right. And I didn't know about this disruptive mood. I actually have another wonderful woman, Deborah, whose uh, child is that, her chapters about that. I had not even actually heard about that before. I didn't know it had a label because they would just be called difficult children. Right. And autism, um, I've interviewed many parents on autism, but also many people who have autism, you know, young children, older people. And I look at many of them it being a beautiful gift because they have a focus on what they want to do and what they don't want to do. What they don't like is the static of society and they don't like fake people. They're very choosy of the people that they have around them. It's got to be the right energy. And I kind of think they're, they're on to something that we need to pay attention to. So tell us about your your son. Yes, my son. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. Um, I think one of the biggest challenges, so my son, um, he was diagnosed at age, he started diagnosis at age three, though it came through at age four. Um, and we sought diagnosis because he was very unhappy, right? Like I know a lot of, I'm in the autism community. There's a lot of people who have a very different experience where their children are just happy um, all the time, which is wonderful, like going through life unaware. And mine was the opposite. Mine was miserable. He was um, violent and upset and he hated every day. And, and I didn't know how to make it better. And that left me in a place of searching, you know, and, I'm very proactive. I searched all over the place, but none of the solutions ever worked. And so it was just leaving me feeling depleted and talk about programming because 
what is the first, I even had friends, you know, say to me, oh, my child is a bully and I'm going to call their parent and give them a piece of my, their mind, my mind about, you know, how terrible they're doing with their kid. And it's like, you know, maybe their parent is actually doing everything that they possibly can to support their child and their child's just having a hard time. Right. You know, and, and it was very, very hard to be a parent of a child who was not thriving. Yes. Because it, especially behaviorally, mm. right? Because that felt like my fault. Every single piece of it felt like my fault. And the, the fact that I couldn't find a solution felt yeah. like my fault. And, and the fact that I couldn't access services that he needed felt like my fault. And, you know, it was just, it was a, a big, heavy weight for a long time. And when we talk about, you know, that difference between our program selves and our true selves, my program self was like, parenting should be a certain way. Yeah. You know, it should be a certain experience. My children should be a certain way. My life should be a certain way. You know, and that includes the ability to work full time, the ability to find a daycare for him. You know, like I had all of these expectations in there that we're that were never, ever able to come true. Like I should be able to, you know, take my child for Halloween and this should be fun. Uh, you know, I should be able to go to the fair and this should be fun. And my child hated everything that was different. Everything that touched his skin. He has sensory processing issues too, which comes with the autism. And, you know, it's, I had to reconcile those programmed expectations with the truth of the scenario. Because the truth of the scenario was just as you said, he is a beautiful soul yeah. with so much to offer and so interesting of a human. But I think that I couldn't get through to him because I was coming at it from yeah. a place of, of programmed. I was coming at it from a place of his behavior should be like, yes, you know, mm -hmm. this experience should be like, yeah. and yeah. I was trying to get his behavior to fit into that box. And it's no, just never no, no, no. going to. Nope. It was the wrong box. It's the not box. the box. Yes, there's the no box. box. There's compartments, but no boxes, folks. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, and so, yeah, I he taught me so much. And he changed the way I view the world. Mm. And I am forever grateful for that. He changed the way I parent. Because of his testing me, yeah. I had to find a new way. Yeah. And that led me to uncovering my mind BS. And that led me to shedding the weight of the things that were holding me back before he was even born, right. you know? Um, and that allowed me to be a better parent. I now have four kids, two of my own, two stepchildren who need guidance in this world. And this has allowed me to be much more emotionally intelligent, to approach situations like we talked about with your son from a completely different lens. Right. And I think that's helping make a ripple into his generation and the generation beyond that. Absolutely. And that never would have happened if he hadn't come and challenged me in the way that he did. This particular show genre is called Our Gifted Children, right? Um, and the reason I called it that is that every single child is a gift if we're only willing to open the package. And it's not the expectation of what's in the package, right? It is the exploration of what's in the package. And if we're willing to explore that child of who they are. Now, my daughter has two beautiful sons. Uh, one little boy, just over two and a half, loves cars. Cars, 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 always in a traffic jam. He's very methodical, very, very methodical. Where his car's going to be and what he's doing, the story that he's in. Um, the other child 
is uh, just over six months and he has Down syndrome. And so, you know, we, we, we're we lucky he does have digestive problems, which a lot of Down children children do. They did break the, break the femur when they brought him out, but you wouldn't think it now because he likes to stand all the time, hates to sit. I'm standing, look at me, my leg is back. He's got a wonderful personality, even though we have a little struggle on the feeding side of it. And I think is we've been taught as a society to look at things as defective because it's not like everybody else. And I look at everybody else and saying, but you're lying to yourself anyway. None of you are being true to who you are. We're all beautifully flawsome people. We've all got flaws, right? They're part of our quirks. They're part of what makes us up. Why can't we be awesome? Why can't our flaws define our awesomeness in a way? And why are we looking at, well, he doesn't fit into that category or that box. He's not going to be able to do this or do that. We don't know what they're going to be able to do. All we need to be is that light for them, that joy for them, that encouragement for them, that love for them, and allow them space to explore who they are and why they are and what they're here for. Because hey, let's go back to the beginning. Why are we all here? We're spiritual beings having a human existence. And if we're given a body that has a challenge, a mind, a body, a soul, a spirit that has a challenge, that is because we're here to experience ourselves in that challenge of how far can we go? How far can we evolve? How vibrationally can we grow? What is our purpose here? And we think that just because we're supposedly normal, which I'm still trying to decide what normal is. Um, I don't think there is a normal out there. There's drones, droids, you know, or if you're walking dead, but they, you know, I don't want that part of the norm if that's it, thank you. I think if we could all look at each other as a beautiful instrument in the orchestra of life and everybody's instrument is important, but not every instrument is played in every piece or has the, you know, the spotlight in every piece. We, we don't have to shine bright all the time. It's okay sometimes if we just glow, right? Yes. Just glow. And let's look at our children for the gift that they are. Let us learn from our children. Let us be willing to explore our lives through our children by it opening up our own wonderment within ourselves. Our children are here to teach us as we are here to guide them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as you're speaking that, I can feel my heart opening up. You know, I can feel that weight of expectation mm -hmm. just falling off of my shoulders. But it took me almost 10 years to let that weight go <laughs> yes. you know yes. it's not easy because you know you you have this potential bubble inside your home where you know we do things how we do things yes and it is how it is inside our home and then we exit our home and we go into the world and we go into you know the grocery store and our child has a hard time with the grocery store. I don't know why everything has to ding at the cash register, but <laughs> that's really hard for some of our sensory children. Yes, it is. Yes. You know, and and so we go into these these situations that make us feel like whatever it is that we've got going on is still not okay. You know, we Again we, back to apologizing. Or yeah, I apologize, my child shame. is having a reaction to the dinging, right? Yeah. Yes, Why are we yes. apologizing? <laughs> and the shame, right? Like, uh, like yeah. I so much shame. Like, 
so much holding myself together through grocery store outings because you know I was by myself I had to bring them no no daycare could take me. right and you know getting through it and just bawling in the car on the on the other side and yeah and that that frustration comes from a feeling of inadequacy it comes yeah. from a feeling of I'm not doing a good job yeah. if my child is behaving like this which is complete bs absolutely boulder dash me. folks boulder dash <laughs> yeah and so getting that load off like it changing it from a conscious thing I know in my heart that I'm doing like in my head that I'm doing a good job do I know in my heart that I'm doing a good job was a big process for me right it took a lot of time and it took a lot of inner work for me to get there and I you know my goal in, in supporting parents is to accelerate that so that they do believe in their heart, not just in their head, that they are doing a good job. And teachers- I think it's per- perfectly all right at the cash register to say, oh, you know, uh, if your child is playing up to the dinging and you're in line to say, sorry, has sensory issues. The dinging bothers him. Right. Yeah. And let yeah. people know, you know, sometimes just letting people know that, that, that this is the challenge. You know, it becomes to the people who have empathy. Oh, OK. No, don't worry, dear. Yeah. But to other yeah. people who, because you, we, we're inclined not to explain because we feel less than, and I think explanation is fine, yeah. right? I, you know, I, it's it's okay yeah. to say, you know, uh, well, kids having a tantrum today and they just let them roll on the floor and have their tantrum. Sorry, just working something out. They'll be over it soon, you know, and and just if you kind of use it as an educational platform or you make light of it, then other people aren't going to make heavy out of it, right? There'll always be one, I guarantee you folks. There's always somebody there that's judging jury. Well, my kid wouldn't do that. (laughs) Very often they turn out to be serial killers anyway, but. (laughs) The interesting thing though, is that even if like, I had one situation where um, I was seeing a school play and my little one who was, you know, eight months or so at the time did not want to sit on my lap while these beautiful children were singing. And he's going, ah! you know, and then I finally put him on the ground because that's what he wants. And what does he do? He zooms, crawls under and I'm like, Pastor, my child. Right? <laughs> and every parent in the area was a delight. They were yeah. lovely. They were understanding and wonderful. But there's something inside of me yes. that was telling me, man, I messed that up or man, you know, yeah. just something inside of me. So it, it's definitely all of those things combined, right? Sometimes it's it just you just got to get through that inner critic, that inner thing. Well, that's that's what you've got to be aware of. Yes. Oh, I'm hello. Like- you're here again. I'm sorry. We've worked on you. I deleted you. Off you go. Ah. Right. You know, Love we that. really have to look at that side of it. I can catch myself sometimes saying something and go, hey, that's the old you. Why is that mm-hmm. here? I told you to go Beautiful. a long time ago, right? And it's like, it's okay to talk to that side of you. Or, you know, I, I see your concerns. Don't worry, I've got this. Yes. All right? And it's okay to do that. It's simply okay because we are going to have triggers. We do have scars, right? It's how we redefine those scars. And it's like, okay, all right, yeah, all right. I know you've come back up. It's a memory. I know it's not a very comfortable feeling. Take a deep breath. I'm no longer there. Let it go. Oh, that sounds so healthy. Yes. It, but it is mindfulness. 
Absolutely. And you have to act in that moment of the mindfulness because it's so easy to react. I have got to that stage through the work, folks. And I just turned 69, so it took me a while. <laughs> but through the work, and I came to it later because obviously generational thing. I kind of was 50 years in that old patterning before I started changing. It, it is getting to that point where Balderdash is happening around you. And I don't need to, I've not been triggered by it anymore. Yeah. I can look at it and not rise to it. Somebody says something nasty, not rise to it. Now, it doesn't mean that now and again, you know, there, there's always somebody, and it's like, okay, yeah, all right, let it go. Let it go. And don't go down that rabbit hole. But it's okay to talk to yourself, folks. I do it all the time. No, you're not mad. There's no white coming, coats coming to take you away. It's extremely healthy. And sometimes I even recommend mirror therapy. Go and have a good conversation eyeball to eyeball with yourself. It's very hard to pull the wool over your own eyes, right? You know when you're BSing it yourself and go, okay, all right, you've got it off your chest now. You've got the bitching off your chest now. Do you feel better? Take a deep breath. Let it go. Now go and do something nice for yourself. Oh, that is beautiful. I love the term mirror therapy. That That's new for me. I love that. But let me tell you that I am, I was very, very good at doing this for my kids. Yes, I of course. I reflect that on them. And my son even said, you know, I don't do that anymore. I'm version 2.0. He likes computers. I'm version <laughs> 2.1 now where I, you know, like, and that was hilarious. And yes. so you could see him growing and you could see him owning his growth. I know, and great. Him coming out on the other side, feeling so proud of his new abilities to, you know, do exactly what you just described and say, oh, here, I see you there, but I'm I'm not interested in, in that anymore. And so that was a beautiful thing. Helping others yeah. was so wonderful for me. Helping kids was so wonderful yes. for me. But even though I was doing that to help others, I never turned that on myself. It took me years to turn that on to myself and do that mirror therapy, like you said. And you know, you were being dutiful. <laughs> yes, I was being so dutiful. Right. Yes, but yes. Where's the duty to oneself? <laughs> right. Where is my duty to oneself? Oh, there it is at the very bottom of my hey, right. yeah, under okay. my shoe, and I take it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. After everything else is done, yeah. then I'll have some time to yeah. do my mirror no. therapy. Yeah. And I think this is, you know, I think when we look at a marriage or we look at raising a family, and we actually look at it as a business right? We're in a business, you're looking at making money to be able to keep going. In a bit, in a family, your business is to make happiness. Ooh. Are people being happy? Are people, I had always a round table. I like round tables. And, you know, kids will come home from school with a friend, whatever, and we'd have tea. And for dinner, I never knew who was going to be there. There was always somebody. I had a big house and it was the house that kids came to. And some kids turned up when their parents kicked them out. They were there as well. And it, it was always about that conversation. And, you know, you get that conversation when they're little. Mommy, what's a homosexual? And you kind of you look at you and go, okay, it's here. And, but I never turned a conversation down. I would speak appropriately, age appropriately to what the situation is. But I don't believe in like, oh, no, no, you can't speak that. Because if the kid's asking the question, it's already been brought up to them. Now, how are you going to respond to that? And let's face it, our kids at the present moment have got so much going on in the world. There's so much hate out there. We need to 
not have them feel that they can't ask us, what's going on? Why are people doing this to each other? And we don't really have the answer to that. All we can say is they're not in a space of love. Right. And then when you're in a space of love, you can't, you can disagree or dislike, but hate doesn't come into the equation. You live and let live, but you're in a higher vibration. And I think if we could teach kids to look at that love is, love is the, the energy of life and step into that love and just send love out to the people that are in turmoil, right? But you don't have to then hate those people for what they're doing. They're doing it out of pain and anguish. But that's their journey. That's their contract here. Yeah, I think separating ourselves from other people's journey is is very healthy. And also realizing that love doesn't flow one way. Right. <clears throat> because I, I think I thought that love and uh, meant flowing. You're pouring through. it out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> give, give, give. <laughs> and it didn't occur to me until my late 30s that it could possibly actually flow from me to me. Yes. And when I first thought of that concept, it actually made me angry because I was like, I shouldn't have to. Mm. I should have people who love me. I'm mad that I don't have people pouring into my cup. And I had to get through that. I had to get through that mind BS into a place where it's like, oh, wait, it's just delightful to have that mirror conversation and to treat myself as somebody I love. You know, you've got two arms, pick one up, (laughs) pick the other one up and give yourself a hug, right? I love you. Okay. All right. You had a bad day. You yelled at somebody's. All right. You say sorry and you love them and kiss them and hug them and move on. But don't forget to hug yourself. Yes. And speak to yourself in that same way that you would speak to somebody, a friend or whatever. And say, oh, you handled that wrong. And oh, yeah. Yes. We're We're all going to say something or do something that you know, from old patterning or just from the moment that we say, and we go, ah, gosh, I shouldn't have said that. And it's okay. It's okay to say, you know what? Ah, sorry. That was old programming coming out. <laughs> right? yes. How powerful is that, right? How powerful is that? that? And how insane that is that then aware for someone else going, oh, do I have old programming? That's because why, why do we repeat things? Because we're unaware that we're repeating things. Right? Sure. Awareness, 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 and then allow, 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 and then trust inside out, please. No, it's not difficult when you decide to shut the chatter out and go in. Now, you have to find your method for doing that. Is it a spa day? Is it meditation? Is it just having a nice long bath? Is it reading a good book? Is it listening to a great podcast? Whatever it is. I mean, you can listen to podcasts while you're vacuuming, while you're cooking, while you're driving to pick up the kids, right? I mean, there's things that you can do that are here to support you on your journey. But you've got to explore what is it that gives you yourself to you. Yes. Yes, 100%. And that is one of the major focus that we have, you know, as parents learning how to reflect that love back on ourselves when we've never done it. We've always, you know, supported our kids and, and pushed them through. And when we're dealing with like these, these tougher kids that, that demand more of us, we have more obstacles ahead of us. We have more energy 
you know, coming out, we're dealing with the teachers and the systems and the, you know, all the different appointments and all of that, the energy is flowing out all over the place, you know, flowing all over our kids, flowing all over all the systems and things. And that is wonderful. There's nothing wrong with that. We are powerful parents with powerful energy. But learning to turn that back on ourselves is a skill, like just like you described, we need to figure out what that means, because every single one of us is different. Yes. And so we hear often, just do this, just do that. That's what I heard. Just take a vacation. Yeah. Just start. You know how stressful a vacation is with kids? Right? Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. There's even, you know, just quit your job. Just take stress leave, you know? Or they'll say, find something that brings you joy. And I'll be like, okay, yes, I want that. What brings me joy? Half of me doesn't know. And so I I cling to what does. And it's like, it's an extra thing in my schedule. It's a sport or a art class or, you know, something else that I have to add into my already busy schedule. And and so trying to find many things, mm-hmm. many cup fillers that will allow you to do the things that you need to do in a day. Like you were saying, like, while you're vacuuming, yeah, you know, you have these little practices mm-hmm. while you're parenting, while you're mm-hmm. doing imaginative play with your kid and you've got, you know, you know, super doll going around and you're doing stuff. You can be doing cup filling activities. And yes. I think for me, that was the magic was mm-hmm. being able I don't have to wait. I don't have to you're you know, incorporate it for a month in- from now. Right. You're incorporating it into your daily life. That's right. And right. that's that's hard. We're not yes. taught that. Yes. No. No, I mean, you know, what I would do is put on music and dance yeah. crazy. And then the music kids would dance so crazy. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And then the kids come and dance and sing with you. And yeah. of course, if I really, if the kids were in a mood and they're not paying attention I start singing opera and they'll do anything to shut me up (laughs) I'll agree I'll agree that's (laughs) amazing but I think it's sometimes you've just got to you know let the silly billies out Mm. yeah that silliness is connection yeah you know like everybody has a little piece of silliness in them and everybody wants to let it out at all times and we're told all day long especially the children you're told all day long no sillies no wiggling in your chair, no right. silly comments, no making jokes. We're working, we're doing stuff, we're collaborating, you know, we're doing all the school things. And even at recess, you know, my kids got in trouble for sillies so many times, you know, that it just turns into kicking a ball too hard or, you know, like all the different, you know, playing sticks or, right. yeah, you're, we are told constantly, no sillies, right? And so I love that you've created a way to let the sillies out in a beautiful, wonderful connection way. And that's how you find your tidbits that will fill your cup first. Love you it. know, it's, what's that thing? Why so serious? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, 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 you know, the emphasis has been on you've got to be serious. And, you know, I was I've just come back from a weekend with my babies, which I hadn't seen in six weeks, which is a long time for grandma to be away. And you know, the little one is at that stage where he will only drink the bottle when he's asleep because he's got mm-hmm. a milk aversion and then he's got to be held up for a while for his digestive issues. But the, um, my daughter and her husband, but my, especially my daughter, is quite happy to let the sillies out mm-hmm. and be goofy and be fun and do some crazy things. And, and, and her husband is like that as well. And it's wonderful because what it's shown you know, especially my older son, the young, the, uh, the older son, the younger one, obviously, is just 
riding the wave right now. But it's like, it's okay to be silly. Yeah. And it's okay to have fun. Yes. Right. And yet there is a time for cleanup. And even when you're doing cleanup, we're going to sing the cleanup song, you know, and we're going to make fun out of it. And yeah, he has his tantrums. He has his thing and they do the breathing thing. Okay. Now take a deep breath in. Okay. Breathe out. Calm down. Calm down. Right. And then, you know, what's the problem? And, and he's two and a half. He's going to test limits. Right. And it's going to be EA, you can't do that or you can do this, but why you can't do it? Why can't you do it? Right. Not just no, you can't do it. Why can't you do it? And so then they have a, a reason for why they can't instead of you just can't. Love that. But I think it's, so, you know, how many jobs, how many, I mean, what's happened with life? I mean, coming back from England, my sister is a news junkie. And obviously Israel and Gaza happened while I was over there. And she would have the news on 24-7 and reiterating everything. And I, I had to say, time out. I can't, my psyche, my psyche is getting shattered. I can't do anything for them. If I'm in a space of love and peace within me, I can send that loving peace over to them because I'm a firm believer in sharing good vibrations, no matter where you are. Do not think that just because we're physical matter, that's all we are. When we send out those loving vibrations, it's extremely powerful. But I can't do anything by watching the news more and more hate killings and everything else going on. So I think it's really, really important that we know what our own psyche can put up with, what mm. our own psyche's limitations are. And, you know, we can let our kids know that, you know, I know that this upsets you, but this is also, this upsets me. Yes. Right. And when you do that, I know you don't mean to, but I just need to let you know that this has a bad feeling on me. Now the kids are aware of it. All right. We don't want to upset mom. Yes. And this has a bad feeling on me. And this is how, what I'm going to do about it. Mm. You know, mom's feeling sad now. <clears throat> so I am going to, you know, solution. I'm going to cry for a little bit. Right. That's okay. Yes. Let's talk about that being okay. Yes. Or I'm going to go for a walk for a bit. I'm going to do some breathing exercises. That's going to help me to, you know, think again with this big feeling, or I'm going to go sip some tea because it just feels so good to sip some more beverage. Like yeah. showing the kids that it's okay to have emotion. It's okay to be angry. Yes. It's okay to not know what's going on. It's okay to be a human being. Oh God, yes. <laughs> we can be loved and lovable and considered you know, knowledgeable, even if we are a human and we don't know everything. Exactly. Like you're talking about, you know, um, you know, being silly and fun. And what comes to my mind at that time is my definition of professional, what it meant to be professional and my natural, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a little bit out there. I'm a little bit of an outlier. I, I don't like to dress the same way as other people. I don't like to act. I don't behave. And I, I like to tell jokes. I like to be silly. And I had to tame all of that down for yeah. most of my life because mm -hmm. it wasn't seen as appropriate or, you know, moving me towards my goals. And so I love that your you know, children are making a space for just acceptance yes. of whatever happens. And we are a silly family and we can be silly, but we can also clean up and we can do all the things yeah. and get through tough times. And if we could all create that little space in our own little worlds, without all of the old programming telling us that we shouldn't be this way or things should be different, 
I think that the world will be such a better place. Amen. Amen. You know, I say emotions are an indication of how we feel. Yes. So we address yes, how we feel, but we don't become emotional over the emotion. Mm. Ooh, that's deep. Because I like that. That's one. what we do. We do. We. Yeah. I'm angry. Why am I angry? I'm angry that I'm angry. And it's like, no, you're angry. What made you angry? Okay, deal with it. Now move on. And I'm bad because I'm angry. I'm right. a bad parent because yeah. I'm angry. I'm a right. bad person because I'm angry. Because yeah. like, if we think about TV, who's angry? Bad guys. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Or put. Or people that are in desperate anguish and pain. You know, you don't see ordinary people just being, you know, happy people being angry for the moment. You, I, you know, I'm angry with what's going on in the world, right? Okay, but what can I do about it? Deep breath, mm -hmm. let it go, love and peace, right? What can we do about it? Because that emotion, if I carry it, then that anger I carry on with me, I forget why I'm angry and I become angry at everybody. How does yes. that emotion work on anyone? But I think the other thing about, Mum just needs a cup of tea. Mum needs to put her feet up. Mum needs to just take a break. It's allowing the kids then to do something for you. Yeah, mum, can I take you know, a break? Too. Can, yeah, can I make you a cup of tea, Mum? Or can, here, Mum, put your feet up on here. Uh, you know, uh, Mum, do this. Because what we don't do, and this is, I think, again, that old programming and expectation, we don't allow the kids to have their own interpretation of what caring is for you oh interesting yeah i would agree with that yeah for sure so if we, we want them to care for us that's exactly. not their goal yeah yeah we don't, no no i'm the one that cares for you no no they want to care for you too mm -hmm. right and so that caring for you uh, the little things that they do thank you thank you so much for caring for me that shows them of how caring is appreciated and how that caring in the world is how we get through life is caring for each other, kindness, caring, consideration, respect, love. And I think it, it teaches them of, to be aware of other people that are maybe hurting and that caring can be a part of the solution. Oh, I love that. It's like the whole concept of reciprocity too, just embodied. Yes, for sure. Yeah. And you know, if you think that, I'm going to switch tone a little bit because there are some kids and I witnessed this while I was over overseas. And of course, you know, I only have grandbabies now and all my children are thirties or forties. So I don't see too many kind of teenagers and things, etc. But I witnessed how rude some of the youth have become, how disrespectful of other people, um, how entitled. Mm, yep. And, you know, my, my chapter is about that. And we're seeing, kids stabbing people just for the joy of it where you're seeing kids shooting each other because you know that they feel disconnected um and this is absolutely epitome of the cry for help from our children of how we've let them down of of why it's like this sometimes there are just simply bad parents they simply are bad parents and the children are you know the product of it and they've never been shown love they've never been shown anything else they've probably been beaten a lot and all sorts of other things and the parents you see this all the time you never understand when a kid has been abused and they go on to have a kid and abuse their own kid and you go I don't understand you didn't like it look what it did to you why are you doing it old patterning old programming that they're unaware that they haven't dealt with and they're still in that anger and pain stage and that's what they pass on so, you know, parent doesn't go into being a bad parent, but there are bad parents. 
So how do we empower our children there? How do we save those children and show them that there is love? You know, one of my other authors, Novelette Brown, she's a foster mom. And she had one kid come to her, had gone from one foster home to the other. And he was 16. He'd never been hugged in his life. Nobody ever put his arms around him and said, I care for you. She ended up adopting him. Just never known that. And there's so many children out there like that. So, yes, you're focusing on parent burnout, how to place emphasis, love and care on themselves so they can be better parent, how not to live by the expectation of life, but the inner compass of the heart, soul and spirit. But you know what it's like to have a child that's angry just by the way they've been programmed uh, and how they can be angry at anything and be disruptive because of it. Uh, it's kind of a wiring, rewiring that just who knows why it happens. But there are children out there that are angry and disconnected and unempathetic and and just no compassion because they've never been shown it. They've never been taught it. And that's not just poor kids or forgotten kids. That's a lot of rich parent kids yeah. where the kids are you know, brought up by nannies, brought up by everybody else, just giving money products and everything else is love. And there is no inner love or inner compassion or inner empathy. It's just that give me more, give me more. That's how you show me love. There's a lot that needs to be undone and it's not going to happen overnight and it's not going to happen in one book. But I think the whole project is what you're doing and what we are doing is when there's awareness, now you know. You can't unknow what you know. Right. Are you now going to be aware of the people around you? Are you going to be more aware of yourself? Whether yeah. you're no longer a parent and you're a grandparent, how are you going to be towards your children, your grandchildren now as a grandparent? Awareness, I think, is where it starts. Oh, 100%. And that's how we stop that cycle. Like you're talking about these poor children who are growing up in situations that are creating <clears throat> programs that, you know, many of us have, you know, the word unworthy. Yeah. And they have it in giant bold Neon signs. Caps. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, inside of their minds. Right. And, and so, you know, learning you know, as an adult, and I work with adults who have come from that environment, mm -hmm. but they, they don't come to me until they have the awareness that they want something different. Yes. Right? Yes. And so having an awareness that just because you came from here mm -hmm. does not mean your future mm -hmm. must look like A, B, right. or C. Yeah. Right. And, and that sort of a messaging that yeah. puts them back in the driver's seat. Like, yeah. And they will have to go through, like I went through that, you know, I'm mad that I have to be the one to love myself. Yeah. Why don't my parents love me? Why am I not loved? You know, shouldn't that be a default? And you have to go through those feelings in order to come out on the other side and say, okay, I am now ready for solutions, you know? And, and so the more we can spread the, idea that you get to choose what patterns and programs you repeat in your life it's not chosen for you it's not chosen by your circumstance or what patterns were implanted you know as a child you get to have that opportunity to change and be who you want to be mm -hmm. and some people the path will be simple mm -hmm. and some people the path will be long and arduous yeah. but you can get there 
You can choose like, your channel. Choose your, <laughs> there, you know, like it's so cliche, but there is hope. And I, I was told, you know, many times there is hope, there is hope, there is hope. And I'm like, how, mm. how, what do I do? I want to move to the other side. And, and that's what I'm passionate about right now is the how, how can we take those steps? What is the first step? What surrender. do I do next? Surrender. You know, and <laughs> oh yes, first step is surrender. Okay, <laughs> right? Because yeah, if you try me, and control the first step, the first step right? Yeah. If, you know, I'm going to take this first step. I'm going to do it this way. No, I think it's you know let let the soul be the driver's seat. Surrender. Yes, but it's you know it. My mind wants to do that, and my body says nope. I need to be in control. Mm. I, you know, I need to do it this way. And, and so for me, the first step to surrendering is to, to soothe your nervous system, to get out of the fight or flight so that you can, like you said, when you're in anxiety, you're not in a place of learning or growth, right? So that you can get to that place where you can actually take in new information, reprocess, think about things from a critical lens instead of that emotional lens um and and be able to take your steps forward everything is achievable oh yes it is absolutely everything it's great how much energy you're going to give it how much passion are you going to give it how much do you want it right Mm -hmm. you know you're going to have those where you're going to slip in your backside well just get back up okay rub your bum and off you go again because that's life that's life yeah but the more you become sure-footed, the less you're going to fall. The more you're aware and in tuned, the more you know you're not alone. Ooh, I love that. And and we can have a tendency to slip and fall and sit in shame. Yes. That was embarrassing. Yes. Everybody's going to know that I fell. You know, if I get back up, they're going to see me again. I'm going to pop back up, right? And mm-hmm. and just being able to get to the other side of that, just like you said, and and take more steps again and do it again and again, because you're going to slip again. And, and let people, energy. let people help you get back up. Let yes. somebody grab your hands and pull you back up, give you a hug. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm a bum sore, but that's all right. <laughs> Make How light of strength? it. <laughs> yes. How much strength does it take to accept that hand up? Yes. And how much do you slap that hand away because you think you're unworthy or you're embarrassed or, you know, or I beat yourself up because you didn't do it right the first time. There isn't yeah, a right or wrong. There's just, yeah, exactly. It's, you know, I, that was a lesson I had to learn is to let other people help me. Mm, me too. Because it was like, you know, it was like, well, I, uh, I owe you if you help me. Or there's something wrong with me if I need help. And then it was like, no, God, you can't do this for as long as I've been doing 11 and a half years without realizing we all need help. We all need help. We all need that support. We all need that brother sisterhood there. They have been there for each other. Through your own experience, you have now a business that helps other people navigate their own journey because it's relatable to them. And it's relatable to you to what they're going through. The best teachers are the ones that learn through the hard knocks of life. So true. Yeah. Um, And that's even evidenced in, you know, just actual academic. If you 
had an easy time with math, it's going to be hard for you to teach it to somebody else. But if you struggled and figured it out on your own and figured out multiple ways to do something, you're going to be the best teacher ever. And that is true in every part of life. And owning the fact that those slips and falls and getting yourself back up, those were part of your journey and they were not failures. Oh, that just changes your entire outlook on life. And the same thing with your kids, your kids being who they are is not a failure. Nope. No, you know? no, you did nothing wrong. Yes. And the whole thing about, you know, I'm, the word failure for me, the failure is if you give up and you give yes. in and you don't try. Everything else is just a lesson learned, a redirect, a nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Yeah, it's okay. And I, I like the energy of going down, but hey, I'm just going to nudge you over to this because this is the path you should take. Right? Yeah, I love that. The only failure is not trying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's you know, the only regret I would have on my deathbed is not trying. Oh, God. I mean, it's, it's, I was a very unhappy person for a very long time. And I guess my kids gave me that permission, right? Mm. And with that permission, then came, the journey to you know my own self-discovery and who am I really you know uh, and I think one of the things you've got to understand when you're in your discovery of letting go of your trauma letting go of your pain rewriting your programming it is a discovery of who you are becoming not who you were because who you were was the old programming who you yes. are becoming who you are really meant to be, what you're really here to contribute. And that's a beautiful journey if you're willing to take it. So beautiful. Yeah, I love that. And, uh, you know, helping people explore. Mm. We introduce ourselves. We are told, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And and that turns into our identity. Yes. And if we don't have that identity, like if I wasn't to introduce myself, I would say like, here's my job title. And, you know, I'm maybe I'm a mom. I'm, you know, yeah. I'm Christina. I'm a learning designer and, and a mom. Well, if I'm not those things, who am I? And right. I couldn't answer that question for a very, very long yeah. time. And most people I work with, they can't answer that question. And they're scared to answer that question because what if I am nothing? Yes. What if I am not, you know, I a, haven't a found myself and I don't know who I am or what I'm here to do. Well, then take the yes. journey. <laughs> I was not a person when I was about six, when I yeah. realized that I needed to be something different in order right. to fit in, you know, and uh, yeah, it's, it is a beautiful, beautiful journey. And I'm, I'm thrilled to be able to help people do that yeah. because that's, I know that that's how we parent. Like that is, you know, it's, being the abundant you, the enriched and abundant you, your cup will run off over on your children. Yes. Knowing what to do from the inside out will benefit your children. Will you make mistakes or will things not always go right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, owning it, go, huh, you know, maybe I should have done that differently. How are we going to go and change this, folks? Inviting them to all be a part of the solution and um, and ways by putting it right. But who, what is right? What is right in the moment? It isn't what's right long term. What is right in the moment? Because yeah. when you know what's right in the moment and that brings about peace and relaxation with everybody, then you know it was right in the moment. I love that. That takes the long-term pressure off. You yeah. can just make your decision for the next one minute or five minutes. Exactly. Love that. Be present. Yeah. <laughs> Be present. <laughs>
All right, my darling, we are going to be doing a show, folks, where she's just going to be talking about her chapter in the book. And of course, come the new year, we're going to be doing a question answer period with every one of our authors where people can phone in or um, come in. But I'm not quite sure how we're doing it yet. But <laughs> I'll let you know. But we'll actually be able to come in and ask the authors uh, pertaining around their chapter um, answers you know, that you need to know that they have. And it's all about that awareness. When we're aware, we start to care. And when we start to care, we start to do. And that's the important thing. So, but in the meantime, any mum that's at that crossroads, I'm burnt out. I don't know who I am anymore. Uh, I'm always anxious and always tired. And I just don't know. My kids are climbing the ceiling. What do I do? They reach out to you. And how do they find you? And what's the process that they go through with you? Um so they can find me on my website, mindbs.ca. Um, and, you know, I'm going to invite them to, can I invite them to download my, my freebie right now? Because it's exactly on what you are talking about. Um, you know, we talk about, you know, exercise and yoga and meditation and mindfulness and, and taking a vacation and, and, you know, finding a job that stimulates you better. And that feels impossible to so many people and that leaves you feeling stuck yes and yeah like there's no escape and so this is the question I get the most often is I am burning out I can't leave my job I don't know what to do you know I don't have time for yoga what do I do and so I've created a burnout escape plan and so if you go to mindbs.ca forward slash escape burnout that is where you can get started today for free. Download the Burnout Escape Plan. These are solutions that you can do while you are working, while you are parenting. And that's going to sustain uh, an ongoing ability for you to stave off burnout in the long term. Uh, it's going to help you be calmer, happier, and more productive. And so working with me, there's lots of different options. Um, I've got a course called Bridge to Your Best Life, where that's my big six-month we go through all of your old programming, you figure out what you want your best life to look like. And then you take active steps, we learn how to befriend our feelings, like you were talking about, we learn how to connect our mind, body and soul, we learn how to set boundaries, how to communicate them, and how to put our energy, just like you said, into the thing that's going to move us forward yeah. in that exact moment, not long term, mm -hmm. but just in that exact moment. And then there's an entire module at the end that I call Get Settled, where we actually solidify all of that because it is not easy to reprogram all of these yeah. things and keep up with your good life. Um, I also have a Facebook group called Blissfully Busy, where we talk about what even self-care means. Right. What does it mean to fill your cup? Yeah. So if you'd like to, you know, come join our community of fierce parents who are looking to model for the next generation what self-care means and how we can incorporate into our busy life, that is a lovely place to be as well. And, you know, the thing is, I'm all about supporting one another, encouraging people to be the village. Because I think it's really important that we do look at each other as a, you know, as as a village, and being yeah. part of a group like that, it, you can just even look at other people's ideas. From that, it sparks an idea in yourself. You go and try it, and you come back and you share what happened because of it. That's encouragement. That's like it worked. Thank you. Thanks for your support. Thanks for your idea, and that whole camaraderie is yeah. supportive of each other. And that's something that we've 
we, you know, we used to have the picket fence. We used to have people meet on the corner and we've become so isolated now. We're in our cars driving everywhere. We're not walking. And we've also become scared of each other, which is against societal pressure put on us to fear each other instead of embrace each other so I think um, in whichever way you can whether you can pick a fence or whether you can be a part of a group like this or both is like interact interact with each other you will rub off on each other the ideas will share no idea is stupid it doesn't matter silly billies are allowed and just you know feel that you have a village of your own there that you can turn to because we are not meant to do this alone. And I mean, one of the biggest burnout for parents is when they feel they are the entire island. <laughs> They've got to manage everything. And it's, we're not, we're not, we're human beings. We're beautiful, wonderful, flawsome, gorgeous, fabulous women. Now, actually, I once gave my husband an entire list of what it would take to, you know, to replace me. And that meant... <laughs> Uh, head cook and bottle washer, chauffeur, right, night watchman, um, the um, educator, the the uh, housekeeper, uh, laundry, sex goddess, all of that in there, right? And I put a price of what it, I researched, how much it would cost to replace me. And he kind of looked at it, was very quiet. Uh, but for a while, the attitudes changed towards me. <laughs> right? And I think we could write that list and say to our partners and say, okay, which one are you going to take off my plate? Ooh, that sounds like a fun, powerful uh, workshop there, my dear. <laughs> yeah. I'm signing up for that one. <laughs> yeah. Because that really is stop, stop, please stop trying to be it all. The title mother doesn't mean you take on everything. Right? It doesn't mean that. You are the nurturing hub. You are the compass, the center point of their well-beingness. But you bring in grandparents, aunts, uncles, husbands, friends to all be a part of the equation. Because if you burn out, it trickles down to the rest of the family. So true. So very true. And so being real about the struggles that we're going so we don't have this divide between what we show to the world and what's actually going on on the inside which allows us to connect with other people's inside other people are feeling just as insecure as we yes. are yes and so and then we can bring in those people like you're talking about because we have this wonderful connection and we're not afraid that we're going to show our weak side because we mm -hmm. all acknowledge we have it there is a reason why we like superheroes Mm. Right, because they can do so much. But if you look at all these superheroes, they've all got issues, problems, complexes, right? Mm. And just because we are a superhero in one area doesn't mean we're not vulnerable in another. Embrace oh. your vulnerability, right? I Don't hide from it. Don't shame from it. This is my vulnerability. Own it. Let other yes. people see. And that's up. the part we connect with, yes. right? And yes, show it. Show, show it to it. other people. Yes. yes yes again awesome. no apology Ooh. stop apologizing for who you are or for being a mother or for even make you know making a faux pas now and again stop apologizing it's called life or Be even for existing i'm sorry existing. i'm taking up this space you exactly. know like, oh my exactly. goodness apologies. yes be aware 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 and then start caring and remember to participate in your own life 
It's not for someone to do it on the outside for you. It's for you to integrate and participate in your own life, your own healing, your own self-discovery, in your own enrichment and your own abundance. And when you do, you will explode over everyone else. You got to choose. That's right. You get to choose how you participate. That's my mantra is you get to choose. We we often feel we don't have a choice. Right. We don't have a, you know, you can't get out. You can't heal. You can't whatever. No, you choose. Exactly. We've got the power. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. I'm so happy that you're a part of the book, um, most certainly. And you're a part of, we're here on Self-Discovery Wisdom. Now you're part of the family here. And for sharing your enthusiasm, your joys, your whole journey here with us. And uh, folks, you know, please go and support the book. You just go to theorchardofwisdom.org and slash forward our forgotten children book and you'll see all the authors there uh, the little videos are going to be coming up of them and we have the question period we're going to have a webinar with all our authors before launch date and this book is them sharing some of the darkest hours but where they found the light where they found the light and how we could shed that light on the situation and on each other in, in order to make our children's lives better because making them better making them more enriched showing our children that it's all from the inside, not the outside, will mean that we will have better adults later on in life. And I'm saying better because we are at a time period in our life where there's too much dysfunction out there, too much pain, too much anger, too much anguish. And if we bring them up in joy, then that joy will be what they are as adults. And hey, let's give joy a chance for a change. So thank you so much for being here, folks. Much more to come from her. Please read the chapter by buying the book. Uh, the whole chapter thing that's coming up in January, question period, and also her half-hour show on uh, on the actual chapter that she's written herself. There's a lot more to come from, from Christina and a lot more abundance and enrichment. So please participate with us. Until next time, folks, bye for now. We hope that you enjoyed the show. There are so many more for you here on selfdiscoverywisdom.com. Just go to the podcast tag at the top there and you will see all the many genres and all 3,000 shows ready for your listening. We are here to serve you, to help you on your journey of life. And we know that through inspiration, it begets invitation. We are supported by you, the listeners, and those that we interview. Anything that you can spare us in donation would be greatly accepted. And we do hope that you enjoy the next show.